And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. Yeah, great question. You are the power. And you do not need anybody's permission. Great question. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. That is literally a brilliant question. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. OutofLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight, our featured guest is going to talk about her experience in meeting beings that are not of this world. She's got a very warm energy. I'm so glad I got a chance to meet her in person, and she'll definitely be a part of our show for years to come. But before we begin tonight's program, I just want to give special thanks to Lizzie and Lisa and some of our other amazing listeners who've been sending in their guest suggestions and who've also been calling and emailing me about Kaylee, my beloved angel, my beloved cat who uh, went to heaven this past week. It's been really, really hard. I can't describe how much I loved her. I mean, she was just like basically blew a hole in my heart when she when she left. And, I, you know, it's just I don't know how to describe it. But here's a conversation I had with Kaylee this past year. Kaylee. What? What do you want? Tonight's program is dedicated to Kaylee. And I know it's kind of cliche. They say, well, you know, you have animals and they're supposed to teach you how to love and all that. Kaylee took drugs every single day of her life. Always rolling around a catnip and always eating and just always having a good time. And I thought to myself, I go, what am I doing drinking tea every day going on the schedule? So, you know, I'm going to follow her example. I'm going to have a good time every single day. And then maybe that's a, maybe that's a lesson that Kaylee was supposed to teach us is to have a good time, live like there's no tomorrow and just you know enjoy life. So that's what I'm going to do. That's what my masterful little kitty taught me. <laughs> Let us begin tonight's program. Joining us now is Miss Sev Took. She is a sole purpose coach and an author, and you can learn more about her by going to your website at planetseb.com. Let's talk. Welcome to the program. Great pleasure to have you with us. Oh, thank you so much. It's my pleasure, Ryan. Thank you. We met at AlienCon. It was cool because oh. you were speaking. I had a chance to go up and ask you a question, and your first response was, do we have any extra holy water and an exorcist in the room? <laughs> I know you're sensitive to reading people's energy, so... I thought one of the things, you're the author of this cool book called You Have the Right to Talk to Aliens, and clearly uh, people who know me exercise that right by speaking to me. So I'm curious, well, what, why do people have the right to talk to aliens, and what is your experience with aliens? All right. Uh, I've been uh, in contact with aliens since I was a little girl, since I was 10, and so that's been 45 years, and I kept it a secret. Up until just uh, a few weeks ago, really, uh, when the book came out, the book came out at the end of uh, August, and then I went to AlienCon right after that, and that was my coming out of this big secret that I held, uh, because I was really afraid of what people were going to think of me, and I was also concerned about my own mental health, 
Really? And so, it what? wasn't until last year, it's only been a year, uh, uh, when we moved to the inner banks of North Carolina where I came into contact with the Greys twice, okay. nine days apart. And, and they left a red X on my back, on my hiney, a red X on my left cheek, and then nine days later, a red X on my right cheek. And that woke me up. Jeez, so is it, uh, like, it was like branding you like cattle or something? Yes. Jeez. That's what it was like. The X was these nine circles that, that were round and they were like scabs, like it was a, a laser mark or a burn mark. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it was like. And when I saw the, these, I was absolutely shocked. And I had to realize, okay, uh, this contacts that I've been having my whole life, they're real. Uh, they're not dreams. They're not hallucinations. Dreams don't put red X's on your back. Because accompanying the second red X, I had a very, very conscious memory of a gray standing behind me. Uh, and I drew a picture of the gray. It's in my book. And in my book, I talk about the ET contacts that I had in uh, Crofton, Maryland, where I grew up, in Baltimore City, where I lived for 20 years, on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., where I recently lived for a couple of years, here on the inner banks of North Carolina and the contact that I had in Roswell, New Mexico. Wow. And I just want to pause real quick to describe grays to people who are not familiar with the types of aliens. They're the ones that, if you look at, they generally, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong about this, they're like, what, four feet tall? They have the, the, the buggy black eyes. They're the mm-hmm. ones that, uh, I guess, are most associated with pop culture. That, um, yes. Okay. All right. So yes. these, these gray eyes. They come in three different sizes. Okay. So in my one experience, uh, when they were telling me about the hybridization program, they told me about the hybridization program between humans and the grays twice and the first time that? they came to me, what is what is a hybridization yeah. what is it all right it's uh, a hybrid uh, entity that's made by mixing the dna of a human and the dna of a gray and it's happening and millions and millions of people are involved some know about it but most don't know about it and uh, there are actually billions of these hybrids that are in a kind of uh like in a holding, like little holding tanks. The baby that they showed me was in this long, thin tube. The tube was about as tall as I am and as about as wide as I am. And I was looking at this baby in the tube, uh, and it had its eyes open, and it was the bluest eyes I have ever seen in my whole entire life. And I'm looking at this baby in this tube in a dark room, and I'm asking myself, why am I looking at this baby in this tube? And then all of a sudden I turn around and behind me were three grays, tall, medium, and short. And they telepathically told me that they were giving me my time, that I can take my time, that they, it was like they were giving me the opportunity to see this baby. And uh, they were very nice. Uh, and I just turned around and I looked at this baby and I felt nothing for it, absolutely nothing. I did not understand why I was looking at this baby. And then when I came back, uh, uh, that memory haunted me. Like, I could not let go of it for years. And it isn't until recently that uh, now I understand why they show me that and what's going on. So when you say you're being shown this, were you in a dream state or were you physically transported to some place 
We are consciously awake and aware of seeing this. Yeah, it's a little bit of a combination of everything. So, uh, for instance, they left X's on my back. So there is a part of that uh, contact that was very 3D. Uh, there are two types of ET contacts, one that takes place in the 3D, uh, where you op- you, when you're awake and your eyes are open and you see a spaceship, spaceship or you see grays. And then there's another form, which is called uh, the interdimensional hypothesis, where these beings uh, exist in another dimension. And we can meet them in that dimension and have experiences with them. And because this is an interdimensional, multidimensional event, the brain has a really hard time processing that. The brain likes logical. So when the brain needs to make sense of this multidimensional, interdimensional event, it really doesn't know how to classify it properly. So it tells you it's either a dream or a hallucination, or it throws it back into your subconscious. And that's why a lot of experiencers get hypnosis. All right, let's talk about interdimensional just to kind of, I'm trying to put this in some type of pentameter. If we are existing right now in a quote-unquote physical universe, which means that there's physical matter within this universe, and, you know, you are in a body, and the body no longer functions, you are out of the physical body, you're existing in a non-physical form of consciousness, yet still can traverse within the physical universe. What is the difference between traversing in the physical universe as a non-physical entity, as just non-physical consciousness, and compared to that and being interdimensional. What is the difference between going in interdimensional? Are these beings that you're referring to, that you're in contact with, are they simultaneously aware of their physical existence and their existence in the non-physical plane? And coming back to yeah. that non-physical existence, in the, uh, non-physical existence, is that non-physical existence taking place in the same physical plane for which they occupy their physical existence, or is this non-physical existence occupying <laughs> a um, place that is unfamiliar to the known physical universe that we have been accustomed to? Okay. Sorry, I can't just ask one regular question. question. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, there are an infinite amount of life forms. There are an infinite amount of dimensions, and within these dimensions are life forms. And... So there's a variety of life forms. There's some that really don't have much of a body, but they're just a light presence or an energy presence. And then there are some forms that take bodies. Uh, and there are forms that, uh, or civilizations that uh, uh, live in other dimensions the way that we would in this dimension, but we can't see them because they're in a dimension that our human eyes can't see or register. Okay. Did that answer your question? It did answer the question, but it also just comes to the point where if these, if these beings, these greys, are aware of their existence in multiple different universes, what okay. what impact does that have on their evolution? How is it different than humans? Are there some humans that are aware of being multidimensional or more inclined with their spirit, less less in touch okay. with the fact that they are part or occupying a physical body? So I'm kind of curious, what is the, what is the difference between greys being multidimensional and humans having the belief or realization that their spirit is infinite, it's occupying a human body, and they themselves are multidimensional. The reason we know really well, the reason we know about the greys the most is because they have this ability to come and pop into our 3D frequency and stay here for a little bit and pop back out. And not all uh, ETs or aliens can do that. 
and the higher forms, advanced civilizations, they are vibrating at a frequency that is so high, it is very difficult for them to pop into 3D for us to see them. That is one reason the grays are so popular. Does that make sense? It does make sense, but at the same time, when it comes okay. to grays, I have heard um, people, I'm fed, it's the first thing I had teachers I used to work with, who would have negative experiences with the grays. He would call them very cold and that they were all part of some kind of collective hive. Like they never really had their own individuality. So from your yeah. perspective, did you have you come across grays that maybe just have the same structure? Are there different species within grays that are yeah. maybe a little lighthearted? And there's some that are very cold and dark. And if that's the case, as far as the cold and dark ones go, have the cold and dark ones made themselves known on the planet? And if so, how so? Okay. So as cold and, and dark, we might really be using those words just to describe something that's neutral. And, and my experience with them has been uh, that they've been either very, very neutral, like super-duper neutral, or they've been really nice. I have never had an experience where they were mean or bad. However, up until recently, I thought that the grays were bad. And I saw that every time I came in contact with them, it, it was not to my benefit. And this was purely because of my own personal conditioning and the lens through which I view reality. And because in my past I've had some abusive relationships, I just assumed that the grays were abusing me too. And it wasn't until I did the really hard work, the self, the, the looking into the inside and getting rid of whatever thought, beliefs I had that put me in the position to be with an abusive person. Once I got rid of that energy and those belief systems and completely got rid of the victim vibration out of my personal energetic matrix, my life changed, and then I realized, oh, my gosh, the grays are not bad. That was simply my interpretation of them. They are not bad. They are actually here to help me and to help mankind. And so sometimes when something is very, very neutral, we get scared and we give it a, a negative uh, definition. Now, I've also uh, heard uh, from other experiencers, people who have had experiences maybe decades ago, and there seems to be a little bit of a difference between older experiencers and uh, uh, excuse me. There seems to be a little bit of a difference between people who had experiences a few decades ago and people who are having experiences now. It almost feels like these grays are understanding that uh, we need to be taken care of a little bit. That you just can't treat us like lab animals. Because a lot of these stories you hear are about us being treated like lab animals. Now, we have to remember that we're being treated in the same way that we're treating animals, too. So I'm, see, I'm glad you brought that up. And I think that human beings deserve that. They deserve to be treated like lab animals because of that. <laughs> I, 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 I think you probably I, disagree. I <laughs> No, I don't disagree with part of what you're saying. Okay. We have to take responsibility for what we do and the actions that we take. And human beings, uh, I'm just going to speak for Americans, sure. uh, we tend to be abusive. Yeah. We're abusing the planet. We abuse ourselves. We abuse animals. And uh, we're 
scary. We're a scary bunch. And that's why there hasn't been a massive ET landing, because these ETs know what we're like. And they know that if they land in the middle, of, in front of the White House, that it's going to be a death fest. But aren't these they already, ETs know what they're dealing with. But aren't they already having, aren't they, aren't they, haven't they already been in contact with us before? Because oh, yeah. one of the people, I mean, I, I've referred to this gentleman a few times, well, quite a number of times on the show, we had him on, was Dr. Stephen Greer. And oh. Dr. Greer was talking about how apparently we have brought down alien craft through our radar, and that and that's actually brought them down. We, we've actually already uh, you know accumulated some of the technology, and we are actually a hundred years more advanced than what people realize that we are. That we're already incorporating this technology. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering when I say that if that resonates with you. If you've ever got any insights yes. to the fact that we are the fact is that maybe a handful of humans or a small number of people already have that technology. And do, yes. do the greys feel and threatened by that? Do they feel threatened the fact that, you know, this barbaric civilization has this kind of technology? No. Uh, we are moving along as quickly as we want to move along. And the greys and the other ETs are here to help us. They're not here to interfere. But if we want to progress in our uh Spiritual growth, they're here to help us. If we want to progress uh, when it comes to innovations in terms of technology and such, they're here to help us. The other thing is this kind of uh, high-tech information doesn't have to be uh, given to us in the 3D. Like, we don't have to shoot down a spacecraft and then deconstruct it. For instance, Tesla. Tesla claimed that he was channeling information. There are a lot of scientists there are a lot of musicians, there's a lot of artists that claim that they channel. Uh, and, for instance, the, the messages that Tesla was getting, there were a lot of people that were getting those kind of messages, a lot of people. There are a lot of people who are really in tune and can just pick up information that floats around in this matrix of energy around us. But then it all comes down to who's actually going to hear the message, who's going to believe the message, and who's going to do something with the message. So the same information that came to Tesla could have, come to, could have come to 10 other people. But let's say one was a housewife in Milwaukee. She didn't know what to do with it. Another one might have been another scientist, and he's like, I don't know what the hell this crap is. But it was that one person, Tesla, who took it seriously and who actually took action on the messages that he got. Uh, and then he also, I mean, Tesla was ruined. And then I heard all this stuff was confiscated by J.P. Morgan. And now we have this other Elon Musk out there putting stuff out. But I'm sure that I, my understanding is that there have been other people that have been bringing forth technologies to try to get them, um, try to get a patent on them, such as you know, even energy, zero point energy. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that repeatedly. I keep on hearing that. And if that were to come out, obviously, I'm sure it would be a tremendous upheaval in the way our society works because, you know, big companies like oil, they couldn't charge for that anymore. I'm sure that would yeah. be devastating. So I'm sure that there's some kind of pushback against that and people having it. So the point I'm leading to yes. is, is with so much force trying to suppress these um, technological innovations from coming to fruition, where does humanity stand? I mean, how – it's because it seems like the, the, the forces that are out there, they're, they're, they're very strong. So are the greys or any other – beings outside there working with humanity to see this eventually come to the surface where we'll all have access to the same technology that only a handful have had for a long period of time. Yes, and we're living at a really exciting time. 
uh, and we're going to get the answers as we push for the answers. Thank goodness for AlienCon and for other conferences and for Ancient Aliens and the other books and the other authors and the other TV shows that are bringing enlightenment to this. And the, the public is getting wiser and wiser and wiser, and pretty soon it cannot be kept a secret anymore. And we will get the answers as we push for them. And that is one of the main reasons I wrote this book. There are millions of humans having ET contact. And many of them don't even know it because it's happening in a multidimensional way. So they think it was a dream or they think it was a hallucination, but they can't shake it. It's an unforgettable memory. And in my talk at AlienCon, I give the signs of ET contact. But now I digress. I'm going to go back to what I was talking about before, and I completely forgot what I was saying. What was I talking about? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, I was going to go back to the technologies about how if these beings are going to be working with humanity to, to all this stuff, access to it. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I wonder if um, if we're looking at the human body and how it perceives information, the sense of you know hearing, visually, and you have all these different ways that the human body perceives information. If those senses can be hijacked and manipulated, especially with these 5G towers, and my understanding is that they're actually able to impact the way a person thinks, I mean, that's a lot of uh, opposition. You have to really, really push, push, push to go beyond that in order to find the truth. So mm-hmm. I wonder, what does humanity have in its favor? Do we, um, will we be able to naturally evolve past this? without some form of intervention because there's another thought that comes to my mind, Seth, is I wonder if these civilizations that are very advanced, if they themselves were impacted by an external extraterrestrial race that came down and helped them out. I wonder if all civilizations mm-hmm. are kind of following the same trajectory in one way, shape, or form or another. Maybe you have different uh, characters, but the lessons and the trajectories are all the same where you have you know planets that you know, where they, they repress and they suppress their own people, they go through some kind of major um, enlightenment period, and then they become one with this international community. So mm-hmm. I guess from, from your perspective, yeah. through other ancient, through other civilizations that are alien, quote-unquote alien, have they, have they been going through the same process that we're going through? Some, not all, okay. but some. And we're very isolated. So there was this entire neighborhood out there. I mean, we're like the kid whose father refuses to let him play with the neighborhood kids. <laughs> there are uh, uh, civilizations that are communicating with each other, that are helping each other out, and they're flying back and forth to each other's planets That's and so cool. visiting each other. And here we are. We're, like, completely left out of all of that. That's why I named my book, You Have the Right to Talk to Aliens. You have every right to talk to your neighbors in your galactic community, just like you do in your neighborhood. That's, well, that's pretty awesome. So what are, the, what are some of the reasons why they're not talking to us? Is it because, you know, we have insane leaders or we have or the people are just fundamental, or the people are uninvolved, that they're killing animals, that they're destroying the planet. They look at us like we're, we're immature or something. Uh, yeah, and, but they are talking to us. They're talking to us individually in this interdimensional fashion, and you can connect to them. And the best way to connect and to have a conversation with an ET is through meditation. That's the best way to connect. And then also in a dream state where you actually travel, and they take us through these time warps. They take us through time warps. We go to other dimensions, and we go to other planets. Uh, 
often ET contact is made when you're meditating or when you're sleeping because you're relaxed and you can hear, feel, and see interdimensional information a lot easier. So they are communicating with us. Now, why isn't it a, a 3D event? Well, it's because they know that we're very violent. And not only would we try and kill them, but we'll turn on each other too, just like what you said, because we're going to be all of a sudden, all the lies are going to come to the surface, and there's going to be a lot of angry people. What, do you, what is that going to be? What, what event do you foresee that happening that would, would cause it? Uh, when do I see them visiting yeah, no, us? So, they said that there's a lot of lies coming to the surface where people are going to be going crazy. What, what, what is the trigger or catalyst for that? Money. As far as why the lies are here in the first place? You're, you're saying, is there, is, there, is there any particular event that's going to cause a lot of people on Earth to be very upset and to kind of, you know... Oh, well, it's happening right now. I mean, we're witnessing right now. We're that? like in the beginning of the peeling back of this onion of, of knowing the truth that we're part of an intergalactic community. Okay. It's very it's very interesting to see what's happening right now. I want to reference Dr. Greer again because mm-hmm. when he talks about you, um, our connections with extraterrestrials, he has discussed that there's a lot of misinformation that yeah. is out there that some people who are talking about experiences with the aliens or their experiences, they may not, they may be putting out falsified information, not even realizing it with this, for the sake of kind of keeping people in the dark of what the truth really is. So I'm curious from your perspective, have you come across individuals at AlienCon, you have to name names, but or in the field that you sense are putting out information specifically for the purpose of keeping people away from the truth while giving them an illusion or a spectacle to focus their attention on so they will not focus anything beyond that spectacle and figure out what the truth is. Mm, that's really good. If anyone is plugged into fear, I'm not really all that interested in in their message. I'm not interested in this message of fear because I do not believe that the ETs are here to ruin us, uh, kill us, take over this planet, or to hurt us in any way. And so this fear propaganda is exactly what that is. It's a propaganda. It's to keep us tiny and to keep us small. And as far as human beings' relationship to other forms of life in the universe, I always wonder why people would think that humans are maybe the most evolved species on the planet. I don't believe that they are in any capacity. I feel that nature itself, the beauty of nature is so um, beautiful and animals have the capability mm-hmm. of communicating with each other. Even plants have the capability of communicating with each other. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering if nature or other forms of life on this planet have actually been in contact with other forms of life throughout other planets, that they have actually stronger connections to uh, other life on other planets than human beings do. Yes. Yes, and also animals uh, have an uh, innate knowing uh, that um, there is more than 3D because animals, let's talk talk about dogs and cats, uh, they can see auras, they can see your aura, they can communicate with you telepathically. So our animals exist in more than just 3D. Uh, and I agree with you. Uh, uh, there are more advanced 
life forms on the planet um, beyond the human when it comes to certain things. For instance, animals are great at communicating with each other. It's fantastic how they communicate, often without even opening their mouths. And there's a telepathic communication that goes on between them. And when I came in contact with the greys, there was a telepathic communication between them, too. That's how they communicate. All right. Now, as far as your communication with the greys go, do they realize or do they understand that there's a small number of people on our planet of humans that are pretty much orchestrating all the, all the control, uh, that they're pretty much running the, the show? Are they aware about that? And have they given you any particular insights on how humanity might be able to balance the equation, how we might be able to experience a life and freedom beyond the foot, the boot of these elite individuals who are controlling us? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, It's through your own personal life. It's how you live your own personal life. If you live your life in the most authentic way that you can possibly be, that is how you can find fulfillment, abundance, personal peace. And when I say the most authentic way that you can be, I mean listen to your heart uh, and look at your reality. Uh, and I talk about this in my talk in AlienCon uh, because there's a caution. If you're going to go out there trying to make some new alien friends, I mean, there is some caution here. It talks um, about the caution because I, this is where I would get in trouble. <laughs> because I, okay. you, 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 I don't know if you know about this. Because I'm, I'm a little nutty. So I'm, I do not, I do not want to attract. I like it. Yeah, I don't want to attract extraterrestrials that are like me because one, they'll be pulling pranks on me. They'll be showing up with like this big problem and say, "Listen, anal probe time." No, I, oh, I don't no. need, I don't need interdimensional extraterrestrial pranksters. I don't need that. I've got my wife and my family are pranking me to the tilt already, so I don't need any more of that stuff. So I'm probably not the best person to be contacting aliens. I'm going to have to. Well, you might have already been contacted. Maybe I have. I have to look like heresy for you and other people listening. So what are some of the guidelines for people who should not be contacting aliens? Okay. People who are exuding fear. So I just want to talk a little bit about the human being and the energy that we radiate, and the energy that we radiate creates a reality. So many of your listeners have probably heard about the law of attraction, and I talk a lot and write a lot about the law of alignment. Uh, Since quantum physics says the energy of everything is everywhere simultaneously, this includes your energy, so we actually exist in all the dimensions simultaneously. Uh, It's not like you have to attract the energy of something to bring it to you. The energy of what you want is literally just right in front of your nose. And in order to manifest it or to bring it into your reality, all you have to do is tweak your personal energy to align with the energy of what you want, and then it shows up in your reality. So that's why I ask people, look at your reality on Earth before you go out trying to make some new alien friends. For instance, do you like your career? Do you have fulfilling relationships? Do you have the lifestyle that you want? Do you know your purpose in life? Are you fulfilling your purpose in life? Are you reasonably happy? And if you said no to just one of those questions, 
you are resonating with fear. It is fear that keeps you from answering yes to all of those questions. So if you're resonating fear, you're going to be aligning with other people who are also resonating fear. So this means you can align with someone who's very difficult to get along with, very negative, pessimistic, jealous, abusive, or it can go all the way to the opposite end of the spectrum and you can align with someone who's a perpetual victim. Everything is everyone else's fault. They're afraid to be happy. So take a good look at what your life is like here because when you go looking for some alien friends, you're still resonating with that same energy. So if you come in contact with an advanced civilization and you're resonating with fear, you could very well miss. Okay, I heard a beep. Are we still cool? Okay. You could very well misinterpret your your meeting. And that is exactly what happened to me with the graves. Because I I used to resonate a lot of fear. Uh, I took on the, the definition of victim really, really well. And so when I came in contact with these graves, that's the lens that I looked at them through. I'm like, oh, they're here to abuse me too. And now that I've gotten rid of that fear vibration, now I can really see in reality that there's nothing to be afraid of. Uh, now, when it comes to uh, connecting with, you know, say making any friends, I want to use a point of reference as a Ouija board because some people are like, oh, Ouija board, let's do this. Let's have fun. I will not go anywhere near that damn board. I don't care. I don't even joke around about it. And I've heard so many stories of people who are just, you know, normal people, and next thing you know, they're contacting the dead. And they have a dark entity kind of following them around. And I know, it's just crazy. I feel like if I were to contact aliens, it would be the start of a horror movie or something. I don't know. I'd just be really worried about this. <laughs> Can you, theoretically speaking, even if you love your job and you're happy with your life and you're happy inside, yet maybe somewhere in your subconscious you've got something there maybe not unresolved, could you inadvertently start your own horror movie in your life, like pull into your experience an alien from the movie Aliens or something? Well, you can definitely resonate with lower frequency entities. For instance, uh, if you compare an advanced civilization living in another dimension to uh, somebody who just died and their ghost or their spirit is floating around on Earth, that, uh, that ghost is, a, a, is of a lower frequency uh, than of uh, that higher civilization. So there are entities with a variety of different frequencies. And you can definitely align with one that has a lower frequency and that when you come in contact with it, you're uncomfortable. But as humans, we have been trained to call that uncomfortable feeling um, or, or we've, we've been trained to call that entity that's giving us that uncomfortable feeling as bad or evil or uh someone that's going to hurt us. But in reality, all it is is fear. You're just aligning with the energy of fear, and then as human beings, then, we then we've then taken that fear and then we've given it all kinds of other uh, definitions. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And the million-dollar question that everyone's been asking since the beginning of the show is how do we start to contact some alien friends? How do we... How do we make okay. a connection with there? Is there an alien? Is there alien social media in the Akashic <laughs> Records? I'm just curious. Like, how, how do we how do we start initiating friends? 
Do you do you walk out? I mean, do you other? I mean, can you present to them something like when I want to make friends with people? This is my this is my trick. Okay, and I'll let everyone know this that when I go to a party, I bring four or five trays of Jello shots, and everyone loves me, even though I'm not a very good looking person. They're like, you know, it's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're not a good looking person, Ryan. You brought the Jello shots, so we're going to become friends. So. What can we do? Are there housewarming gifts we can bring um, our alien brothers and sisters? Uh, how do we make the connection and start showing up some friends? It's actually very easy. Uh, like I had mentioned before, it can be done. You can start off in meditation. And it's just three things that you have to do. First, believe that there is advanced life in the multi-dimensions. Second, believe that you can communicate with them. And third, practice, 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 practice through meditation. And so when you get into a relaxed state uh, and you don't have to make your mind blank or anything like that, you simply declare, I am ready to make contact with an entity that is loving, kind, and supportive. And then after that, you start paying attention. You pay attention to what you see in your mind's eye, in your third eye, in your third eye. You pay attention to what you hear. You pay attention to the feelings in your body. You pay attention to what happens to you at night. Some people call them dreams, but they're not dreams. They're night travels. So all of a sudden, you just start paying attention. This all means that you have to start exercising your interdimensional muscles. All right, so your meditation, you start communicating with these beings through dreams. How do you know that you were in contact with a being that is peaceful or one that may have evil intentions. And one thing I want to bring to your attention is that when I was talking to one of my teachers, they say that a being may be um, negative or may have harmful intentions if it is trying to appease your ego, if it is giving you something and it says, you know, you're special or something like that. So be very aware of beings that present themselves as divine and do something to appease your ego, not so much your heart. So I just want to bring that in there. But going mm-hmm. back to the question is, how do you know the difference between an um, extraterrestrial being or an interdimensional being that is peaceful and one that is negative? Okay. So I'm glad that you mentioned the heart because uh, this is work of the heart. So pay attention to how you feel. When you're in contact with this entity, how are you feeling? Pay really close attention to that. And what are you hearing? In the beginning, uh, the most asked question is, how do I know it's them or how do I know it's me? Well, you find that out through practice. But some of the ways to know is that if you, you're hearing very negative things like, oh, you're a jerk or you're an asshole or, you, you know, why did you do that? You know, you're dumb. That's you. <laughs> if you're hearing, <laughs> if you're hearing supportive things, like you're powerful, uh, you can create your reality, you're loving, you're smart, you're kind. These are the kind of messages that we get from ETs. These are the kind of messages that we want. So when you said uh, appealing to your ego instead of appealing to your heart, um, that's an interesting way of putting it. Uh, But this is a a very uh, emotional experience. You have to pay attention to all of your senses and what all of your senses are saying to you. You have to pay attention to your intuition. So these are exercises in uh, your ability to communicate 
through the multi-dimensions. And we all have it. All human beings are equipped to have ESP and clairvoyance and astral travel. We can all do this. There's nothing special about someone who claims they can talk to the dead or someone who claims that they're a psychic. We all have these abilities, but it takes practice, 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 practice. Seb, when it comes to intuition and it comes to you know knowing what is the right path, I can I wonder how easily that can be manipulated. And I'll explain a situation as because right now I'm enjoying our conversation, but in my brain I'm feeling a little down. And the reason why is because I I've been pretty much dehydrated. I really did not drink a lot of water today, so I think my brain on a chemical way it's not it's, you know I haven't given my body enough nutrition. So I'm kind of curious in one way, what is the difference between you know, when your intuition is correct and when your brain is just producing an excessive amount of serotonin, how do you tell the difference between intuitive feeling, this feels good, intuitively speaking, or this feels good because my brain is having an adequate amount of, you know, serotonin being produced, which, you know, makes your body feel good. And how do you know the difference between, you know, if you have strong intuition and it's positive, yet your brain is not being taken care of because you're not feeding it the adequate amount of nutrition? <laughs> All right. So it, we uh, humans, or especially Americans, do tend to get, let the brain get in the way, and we tend to let logic get in the way. And so when you are communicating with ETs, when you are paying attention to your intuition, uh, you have to push logic off to the side. Sometimes we just have to push logic off to the side so we can really see the truth. And... The only way really to answer your question is uh, is to experience experience making contact, experience meditation, experience plugging into your heart, experience listening to your higher self, experience those aspects of you that are very, very, very real that many of us have been learned to switch off. And that's how you can tell what's good for you and what's not good for you through the heart. But we have to relearn how to listen to our heart, and our higher self speaks to us through the heart. So if you want to listen to your higher self, you have got to hear it through your heart. You just sometimes just have to put your, your logical brain off to the side. All right. When communicating with beings and, you know, going to a deep end of state, say, listen, I want to establish a connection with a terrestrial being, do you only have access to civilizations that are so advanced that they communicate telepathically through intuition over vast sums of space and time? Are there other civilizations out there that human beings could very well have a connection with where we speak and we're actually communicating verbally, visually speaking, that we can actually have great relationships with, but we are unable to do so because that civilization and our civilization has not reached the point of advancement to where we are able to astral, let's say, project our consciousness, present our telepathy through vast sums of space and time. Yes. Yes, yes to all of that. Uh, uh, Earth is also known. You know, the galactic community knows about Earth. The cosmos knows about Earth, and it's kind of like you just, like, Earth is hands off a little bit. What do they say? What's their perspective? What's their analysis on Earth? <laughs> All right. Uh, it's, uh, we will help if you ask for help. This is their opinion. We will help you. The ETs will help, but we have to ask for the help. 
I would, and there's no interference whatsoever. See, that's the thing. It's weird. I, we've had Caroline Corey on our show. She was also at Alien Con. She's terrific. Mm-hmm. And I keep on asking her. I said, well, well, where's the cavalry? We're asking for it. And they're like, no, you're you going to have to do it on your own. I'm like, no, you do some of the lifting with us. <laughs> so uh, I think the there cavalry? are people. I think the, yeah, the cavalry. We, we, need some, we need some backup. We need some backup. Because mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm kind of asking for it. I'm asking, hey, you know, we could use a little help. You know, light beings of the earth, we could use some help down here. So I, well, this is what's happening, Ryan. Uh, you know, there's a spiritual movement going on. And it's all tied together. Okay. Because as each of us become a more spiritually evolved, we, uh, we become a much more authentic version of ourselves. And as we individually become very authentic versions of ourselves, then we can we will collectively become authentic versions of ourselves, and then we can really know the truth. So your own personal path of authenticity is all about looking inside and uncovering the lies, uncovering the lies that you've told yourself to keep yourself small. And then when we individually do that, then we can collectively then uncover our lies, the lies that we've been telling ourselves to keep ourselves small, collectively. So it it starts with each and every single person matters. Do your own work. Look inside of you. A lot of people don't want to look inside. But as each and every single one of us becomes comfortable, and, and when you give yourself permission to be the real you, to do what you want to, to speak how you want to speak, to have the career that you want to have, to express yourself the way you want, to look the way you want. When you give yourself that permission, completely changes your life. You become happy. It's a much happier existence. And individually, as one person gets happier and the other person is happy, and then it affects the whole community, it affects the earth, and then we can start seeing the truth. But it starts with each of us. You have to know the truth about yourself. I have to know the truth about myself. And I've been on this path for quite a while. I'm walking this path of authenticity because I know that most of my life I didn't. And what did my reality look like? Well, I was in abusive relationships. I wasn't happy. I had lots of jobs. I had lots of careers because I wasn't being true. And then once I gave myself permission to be true, oh, my God, my life completely, completely changed. I'm much happier, much more fulfilled. I love my career. I'm surrounded by people who love me, who are good to me, who are supportive. I no longer have that abusive thread running through my life. Oh, awesome. I mean, happy to hear that you've, you've done that. And when people are suffering, how will, and they start reaching out to these beings across the universe, are there, are there a particular type of civilization or alien civilization that are most likely to reach out to you? And if so, who? I've heard two different types, by the way, that I keep on hearing familiarity with. They're called the Arcturians. A friend mm-hmm. of mine, uh, Joyce Kelly, she keeps on telling me, she goes, you're from Arcturia. I'm like, really? She's like, yep, that's where you're from. She's, been, she's completely convinced I'm from this planet. And uh, apparently the planet's mm-hmm. notable for blue. I, I have no idea why. But I have mm-hmm. no idea where I'm from. All I know is that they just dropped me off on planet Earth. I said, just time mm-hmm. out for you, buddy. So I heard the, the Pleiadians and the Arcturians. I don't know if those two resonate with you or if there are other types of common beings that will like to engage with human beings. Yes, definitely those are two of them, but there's many, 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 many more. The names that we don't even know. 
So if you're communicating with an entity and it gives you a name that you're not familiar with, don't discount it because, you know, there's an infinite amount of uh, civilizations and, and life forms out there. And we just know a handful of the names. Uh, but there was something else that you asked me that I want to answer. Now I can't remember what it is. Um, what was it? She's like uh, the most like ones that are most likely to reach out if you're in suffering, you're in pain. Like, are there any type, particular types of civil uh, beings that will, will most likely to correspond with you? Mm-hmm. So I'm really not going to give you any names of the civilizations because there's an infinite amount that will reach out to you. And I, I also want to talk about what an ET is. Okay. So uh-huh. uh, you know, if you Look at the definition of an ET. Uh, Marion Webster says that an extraterrestrial is a being from another world, originating, existing, or occurring outside the Earth or its atmosphere. And that there are actually billions of people every day that are having contact with an ET in the form of a prayer. And a prayer is a communication with a being that is not of Earth, you can't see that you think has these superpowers that can manipulate events on Earth to make your wishes come true, and that you have full faith in. Uh, Is this logical? No, it's not, but it's socially accepted. So it's okay to be having a conversation with Jesus, but it is not okay to be having a conversation with the Palladian. It's totally accepted. (laughs) Yeah, it's totally accepted. Okay, these days it's totally cool to be talking to your spirit guides. But if you tell your neighbor, I was talking to the Grays yesterday, they're going to think there's something wrong with you. They're all ETs. Angels, spirits, guides, Jesus, uh, the Grays, the Pleiadians, they're all ETs. So which one do you want to talk to? Do you really want to talk to what we would call like the typical Grey or the Pleiadian or that kind of alien? Sure, you can talk to them. But at the same time, you can also get very valuable messages talking to uh, another type of spirit, a spirit guide or Jesus. So uh, let's say that you don't want to – let's say we're going to uh, stick strictly to like the alien type, the Greys and the Pleiadians. When it comes to uh, developing communication with them, uh, it can be done very, very quickly, very, very quickly. What is the most important is to pay attention to the messages that you're getting in the interdimensional way that you're getting them. This is where a lot of people kind of mess up because they might hear something in their head and then they dismiss it. Or they might wake up saying, oh, my God, that's the most intense dream I ever had in my life, but that was not a dream. So this is where the disconnect happens. It's easy to make contact, but the disconnect often happens when you're not listening, you're not paying attention, or you're discounting the information that you're getting. And then you're saying, this doesn't work. I can't contact ETs. This is a bunch of bull crap. But, But what I'm asking you is to suspend logic because often, uh, when you have to listen to your intuition, this is not uh, a logical uh, thing to do. Uh, intuition defies logic. And so that's why it's very hard uh, for people to uh, to enhance their ESP skills or to enhance their astral travel skills uh, because they let logic come in. That's really cool. And as far as easily making that contact goes, are there... What are these other civilizations like, like the Pleiadians or the ones that you describe? 
what are they? How are they fundamentally different between us? I mean, the fact that we always said, okay, humanity is warlike, and we destroy our planet, and if these beings don't destroy their planet and they aren't warlike, okay, well that's pretty cool. What else is there about them? Like, what what else can you can we know, learn about these planets, about these beings, especially the Greys? How else are they different than us? Uh, well, they're all different in their own way. Uh, the greys, there are different types of greys. So when they were showing me that tube and the baby and there were three greys behind me, there was a tall, a medium, and a short. And uh, uh, there are some greys, uh, the smaller ones, that uh, come down to earth and they're kind of like the worker bees and they collect samples and... Uh, that's their work. Does that uh, mean samples as in like what they did to Travis Walton? Was Travis Walton a sample? Uh, <laughs> can you refresh my memory as to what yes, happened to Travis, him? Yes, Travis Walton, they, that's when they made the movie Fire in the Sky. Mm. Fire in the Sky. And then they do the, uh, they, they, they leave like the, the mess behind with the cattle, cattle mutilations. Is that what they mean by collecting samples? Or are they, they coming down here collecting rocks? Mm-hmm. All of it collecting all kinds of samples of everything. And uh, I have heard that some people think that these little uh, greys are really robots and they're not really, uh, they're not real. Uh, I, I'm not certain about that portion of it. Uh, um, and then you have the, the beings that are so loving uh, that the lower frequency of fear does not exist in their high-frequency world. Only high-frequency emotions and energies exist, and and love is the highest frequency that there is. And so these are very loving, very accepting, very kind beings and entities, which I understand the Palladians to be. Awesome. I hope we get a chance to meet one of these people. I just don't want to be freaked out. I'm all <laughs> about meeting aliens. Well, actually, my, my um, one of my teachers... Reverend Swami, Sally Perry, she said, look, she goes, there are some people on Earth, they're destined to meet aliens. And I go, yeah. She goes, you're not one of them. I'm like, all right. She goes, you don't talk to aliens. Yeah. You focus on whatever you're doing. Don't talk to aliens. So I'm like, all right. So I have to take her advice. I love her so much. So she's like, don't talk to aliens. So I don't. I may not get a chance to talk to the aliens. However, if anyone out there does get a chance to talk to aliens, please send them my highest regards. Uh, yeah. So um, <laughs> with regards to... Uh, communicating with these beings, I'm curious. We just had this landing on Mars where this NASA sent this rover and it gets on there, and, and they, they take back a few pictures, and there's nothing there. So I'm wondering, when you have like Voyager One, Voyager Two out exploring stellar space, why don't they come back with an abundance of pictures of you know showing when they're going past Jupiter, showing all these extraterrestrial and aliens out there? I mean. Are they are the powers that be the elites? Are they suppressing that information completely from us? Have they? Been, have, do we have an abundance of information that shows, without a shadow of a doubt, that we are in a world or a universe teeming with extraterrestrial life? Yes, there is definitely a suppression, without a doubt. And also, we have to remember. Uh, we can go to Mars, and our 3D eyes will see Mars in a 3D way. But there could be other dimensions. There could be life in other dimensions standing right in front of you, and you won't see it. I'm glad you brought that up. I thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that because we see this, these planets as barren. 
And I'm wondering if there's a lot of other things that we don't see as well, especially up in the sky, yeah. if we don't have the capability yet. Because I think it was, it was the last 100 years we we're, were able to see uh, radi radiation frequencies because of changes and developments in technology and that we were able to discover black holes. Like even 200 years ago, the idea of a black hole was just considered you know, nonsense. And now they they have a visualization that they can tell black holes. Oh, you know, speaking of that, did, have you ever come across the Grays and asked them about what the black holes are? That the, no, <laughs> I haven't really talked about space with them. Okay. <laughs> Uh, maybe next time I'll bring that up. Uh, uh, Secrets but, of the Universe, they, 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 do, they do like always do these specials about black holes, how all matter gets sucked into it, and then it goes out somewhere else. I'm like, what, where does the hole go? You know, I'm always curious. Well, you know, that could just be a portal to another dimension. So uh, when I got the second X, and uh, I, it was accompanied with a very conscious memory of this gray standing behind me, I, in this conscious memory, also, I was in a hospital bed. Uh, it was something that looked like a hospital bed, and I was lying on my side, and I was in this room, and it felt very sterile. There was hardly any furniture in it. And I'm lying on my right side, and I could not move my arms or my legs. I felt paralyzed. The only thing I couldn't move was my head. And I felt that there was something behind me, so I turned my head, and that's when I came face to face. We made eye contact. And we looked into each other's eyes for several seconds with the gray standing right behind me doing something to my back, and he was putting that X on my back. Now, one thing that I knew about that experience that I had not known in any of my other experiences, when I was in that room on that bed, Ryan, I knew I was on the moon. Really? I knew I was hey, on the moon. What, well, you were on the so, – so the moon is at the Pacific occupied by – extraterrestrials for a long period of time? You know, there are all kinds of theories about what the moon is, yeah. if it's even a planet, if it's just some kind of something that's just been made up, and what's I thought on the dark so. side of the moon, I've, and what's going on that. with the moon. But, yeah. But I'm telling you, I knew I was on the moon. I went through a time warp. And uh, I came back, and then there was, you know, my eyes popped open extremely abruptly. I went from asleep to awake in a second, when my eyes popped open, I was completely alert. There was no grogginess. It was like I was dropped into 3D reality. And you made the transition. I'm curious. Apparently, human beings were bound by this, by the illusion of time in the physical bodies. <laughs> and that's how we measure things. Are other civilizations and life, life beings in the universe, are they also bound by time as well? Or do this time, no. is, time, is time different for them? Do they... Are they accelerating yes. much quicker? Does it go much faster or slower for them? Yes, yes. Uh, you know, living on Earth is kind of like living slow-mo because the, the frequency is so low and we have time and we have gravity and it's like every yeah. – we're kind of like in slow-mo when you compare it to some other uh, civilizations that uh, don't have uh, time – uh, as we have it, uh, and also these civilizations that know these portals, these portals of entry from one dimension to another, from one time to another, and uh, they just enter this portal and ding, they're in the next dimension. And uh, whether our government already knows about these portals, I do not know. You know, this is interesting. This is what fascinates me because if I look around and talk to most people on Earth, they go, you know, what are you up to? Well, I'm watching a new series on Netflix or, you know, I'm watching a game like 
who cares about Netflix and the, the TV shows you're watching? You know, interdimensional travel. I, this is exciting to me. I don't understand. I this this could be like what I mean meeting with other civilizations. I think that's pretty cool. I don't know what's wrong with the people on the, this earth right now. They, I mean, is this stuff fear. not fun? Is it really? It's fear, 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 fear. Oh. We are Brady cats. No, like I, I'm a wuss. Cats. Look, I'm a wuss too. I, I cannot watch a horror movie. I, I even run out of the room when Jaws yeah, is on. Either. Jaws came out in 1975, and every time the shark goes on here, thump, 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 I'm like, honey, I'll be right back. And I, and I want to watch it because I'm, I'm a wuss. Yet I'm kind of open to the idea of you know making mm-hmm. contact with the being. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. fear. Is that what it's it is? I mean, maybe oh, people knew that yeah. if they contact these aliens, that they come with like four, they come with five G graphics or something. Like, listen, if you come with the aliens, they they come. You get a free cell phone or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's over. so much to gain by having a communication with uh, a being like that, because uh, these beings, um, they give us advice and suggestions and help from the higher perspective. You know, they can see the bigger picture. And when you get guidance from the higher perspective, from the bigger picture, that is very valuable. I'd love to have that. I hope that more people on Earth, you know, come in contact with other beings that will accelerate, you know, the frequencies and the evolution. Cause, yes. Oh, oh, come That's back. what we're doing. And, and you're part of that, Ryan. I mean, you have this show for that reason. You're part of that. Sure, because I thought my purpose on Earth was to cure insomnia, which I'm doing very well. I Believe me. I, most people hear my voice. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. I am. Um, you know what it is? When people run out of Luna Nesta or whatever, like, get Ryan on the phone, and I just... Tell them about my day in 30 seconds. I don't agree with that. I think you're very funny. And uh, you're asking really good questions. And uh, you're not putting me to sleep at all. Well, you know, you probably drank four four or five cups of coffee. You're resisting. (laughs) Say, I knew you have strong energy. (laughs) I did drink one. (laughs) Right. Okay. I'm just so curious about this because um, you said earlier that I guess Earth is quarantined. And. Believe me, you're not the first person that said that Earth is being quarantined because we're violent. Are there other civilizations within our planetary system, like within the Milky Way galaxy, that are worse than us, that are more barbaric, that, you know, could be so bad that maybe there's a certain uh, group of people on Earth that actually drop off certain people on Earth to these other planets and say, listen, you are so awful, you're going to live on this planet with people much yeah. worse than humans. Like Australia, like what they did to Australia, like that, like a penal community. Uh, yes, the answer is yes, but they may not take the form that we have. And it might just be uh, an energetic form. It could, might just be a consciousness. It might not have a physical body to it. There's so many different types of life forms, some with bodies, some without bodies. And when you also, one thing I notice in my communications is sometimes I can hear a very, very clearly word for word, and then sometimes the information is just instantly downloaded, like you know a lot of information immediately, like boom. And that's what happened to me in Roswell when in the morning when all of a sudden I got this download of what I was told that evening, and it was 
really fast. It was a lot of information all at the same time. Boom, it's like, oh, my gosh, I know all of this very, very quickly. So the information could come in a variety of ways. Okay. And one thing I want to point out is that on your site you also do soul purpose readings where you're able to tell what mm-hmm. someone's soul purpose is. Mm-hmm. Just curious, how, how are you able to do that? Mm-hmm. Well, since I was a little girl, I I have been using my uh, interdimensional muscles, and I I came to the United States not knowing English. I'm originally from Istanbul, and I came as a little girl, and I started first grade not knowing English. And I do believe that it's because of that, uh, not understanding what people were saying around me, that I had to find another way to understand what was happening. And I think that's when I started really using my interdimensional muscles. And then I got to the point where I realized at a young age that I just knew stuff about people that I just that other people didn't know. And I, and I thought this was normal. But then as I got older and I started telling my girlfriends, oh, so-and-so is like this or so-and-so thinks this, and they would look at me like, well, how the hell do you know that? And I learned, oh, okay, I'm just going to keep this to myself. And so I hid it for a very, very, very long time. And then it wasn't really until my late 40s when I had to, to really come to terms with what all this was about. And just to make a long story short, I explain a little bit of it in my book. I, uh, I admitted that I do have this ability, as we all do. There's nothing special about me. And I uh, decided that I was going to do something with it. So I decided to give readings, but I didn't know what that was going to be. I didn't even know what a reading was going to be. So the first person that came to my house, I'm like, I'm going to give them a reading, but I don't even know what that is. So what came out was their purpose, how they can achieve it, why they came to earth, uh, uh, what a past life or two uh, is for them uh, that explains some things that are going on in this life. However, if you're not a believer of the past life, it, it doesn't matter to the reading. I've given readings to people who didn't believe in past lives or had no interest in past lives. I, I have to focus. Also, what, right. also what comes out is some blocks, some mental blocks that you might be aware of or that you're not aware of that are just preventing you from moving forward or from success. And I talk a lot about uh, finding personal peace through conscious creation. So we determine what are the energies that you're exuding that is creating the reality that you, ha- that you have and what do you want to change. So we determine what energies do you have to tweak so you can align with that which you want in your life. And I write it all down. It's about six to eight pages worth of information. Uh, there's no talking. I just, it's like this download of information that I hear, feel, and see. I write it down, and then uh, I talk about it with the client. And I've been doing this for eight years. And uh, many of my clients have many readings, many, many readings. And uh, it's been very successful. My my clients have really uh, come a long way when it comes to uh, feeling powerful and creating life to their standards. Chef Took, I want to thank you so much for that fascinating interview. My goodness, we cover so many different topics, and I hope I people listening have the opportunity to connect with uh, hopefully peaceful beings. If you're connecting with aliens that are very negative, do not send them my way. Do not, I do not need any more 
You know what? Don't send any negative aliens over here. Just... You're in control. That's so. one thing I really want everyone to know is that you're in absolute control. Uh, if you don't want to be in that particular uh, situation with a particular entity, you have the control to get out. Uh, another thing is uh, if your listeners have had ET contact, I would like to hear about it. Uh, you can email me at sev at planetsev.com. Uh, I do feel that I'm being led into doing work with experiencers. And I also want to help people that don't even realize that they're having contact. Uh, and in the book, you can uh, it, it'll give you uh, ways to understand if you're having contact. Uh, and I have a website, planetsev.com, and also the book. You have the right to talk to aliens. And I have a newsletter and uh, a podcast and, you know, all the Instagram and YouTube and all that kind of stuff, which you can uh, connect to on my website. And, again, I want to let everyone know that I met Sev at AlienCon. The room was packed, scalpers outside (laughs) trying to get in, and uh, nonstop questions. So let's talk. It was a great honor to have you with us today. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you, Ryan. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits of the Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our amazing guest, Ms. Sev Took, and special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Ms. Carrie O'Connor, Ms. Lisa Kaza, and Ms. Constance Dellis. To learn more about the Out of Limits of the Truth Radio Show, please go to our website at OuterLimitsRadio.com. Until the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care, and thank you so much for listening.